midwives dissecting life, work, and everything in between. This is Head On View. Hi, and welcome to another app of Head On View. I'm Carly. And I'm Laura. Hello. So it's been a little while since we've had a chat. So A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> okay, so last time that we chatted, I think I was just leaving WA and I was having a fit about not being yes. able to get work in WA. Cause, well, and I, you had I, just paid way too much for your car to be serviced. Yeah, <laughs> I could have found work in WA. No, I want to get paid more than that. Right, I'm going to head to Victoria to get the big bucks. So this is where things start going a little bit down. I mean, they're fine now. We're, we're going to call this, yeah. we're going to call this F the trials and tribulations of Carly because my life is not nearly as exciting. So go for it, Carly. What happened? Tell us. My first issue was, so when I was still in WA, my agency said to me, great, we have got this contract because I knew I wanted to go to Victoria to get the surge rate. So, but I was like, oh, surely I can just get a job somewhere across the way. So I'm not doing this massive drive across the Nullarbor and all the way across the country again and in five days. So my agent has said, we can get you this job. It was in South Australia, small town in South Australia. Great, fabulous. I can do that. I had to start there on a Monday and I've got to give myself a week to drive there. When I leave WA, I call them and I'm saying, okay, so I haven't received a contract yet, but if I'm going to start on this day, I'm obviously going to have to leave WA and start driving so that I can get there because I won't get there in time. Yeah, yeah, that's all fine. Don't worry. We will email you the contract and email you your, your accommodation details. Fabulous. I start driving. Once you hit, <laughs> once you hit the Nullarbor, unless you're with maybe Telstra, I don't know if it's Telstra. I'm not with Telstra. Yeah, there's so, really, there's really so no, like, so no reception there. And even most of the places that you stay there, they don't even offer Wi-Fi. They're just like, well, bad luck you just don't have yeah. so you pretty much have no network for two days so I drive all the way across the Nullarbor hit South Australia and I get an email not even a call this is after I've been calling my agent pretty much every day saying I don't have any details yet don't have any details yet oh yeah yeah sorry they're in a meeting they get back to you they get back to you I get an email not even a call an email that says I'm sorry <laughs> the job the job's not available anymore and this was on a Thursday. Bear in mind, I'm going to start on Monday. So I'm thinking I'm going to get to this place on Sunday. So I call straight away. Okay, well, what am I doing? Because now I'm here and I don't want to now keep driving somewhere to not know if I'm going to have a job anywhere. So then they say, okay, no, no, it's okay. Look, we can actually, we can actually get you this contract somewhere else but I don't think because it took them a couple of days and I didn't want to drive not knowing where I was going so I just basically stayed put while I was in South Australia and I was okay but I can't get there on Monday now so let's I start the week after they were like fine okay great so I start heading towards this place and they actually had sent me a contract for this one I'd signed it great so I've got the contract signed it but I don't have my accommodation details but that's okay I've signed a contract so I don't know if people are like, are you a fool? Exactly the same thing happened. I start driving there again and I'm calling, calling, calling. I don't have my accommodation details yet. Where am I staying? I need to know, need to know. So I'm calling my, and all I keep getting back is every time I call the office, oh, sorry, they're in a meeting, they'll call you back. And I'm like, are they deliberately avoiding my calls? So then I find this random girl on Facebook who also happens to work for the same agency. 
So I message her and I'm just like, hey, I know that you worked for my agency. I know you're not my consultant or even know who I am or have anything to do with me, but I'm going to start this contract on this day. I've been trying to call these people. No one's telling me information. Anytime I speak to someone in the office, they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have the information. I'm going to arrive at this place in two days and I don't know where I'm going. I'm a bit freaking out now. So then this girl, bless her heart, she messaged me back. She's like, don't worry, girl, I got you. And I was like, well, fuck, fuck someone does. <laughs> so, right, yes. I know. <laughs> Random so then, stranger. I know. <laughs> so then she calls me the next day. It's Friday. Now I've basically driven halfway across the country for this job. And then she's like, okay, got some bad news. This job isn't actually going to work out. And I'm like, what the actual? I've just had this thing again. I signed a contract. Apparently it doesn't matter because this contract, there's a little clause that says yourself, like me or the hospital can cancel at any time with no penalty. That's it. Fine. Wow. But I have done other agency ones where there's been a little clause that says if I cancel, I have to pay a fee. Yeah. So anyway, they've canceled and I'm, oh my God. Okay. And she's like, but don't worry, don't worry. We've got this other job for you. <laughs> Just had a meeting with the hospital today because they're really desperate for people. This is a country that's desperate for medical staff. I'd just I just like to add yeah. that Australia is yeah. grasping at straws for medical staff yeah. here. She's like, don't oh. we've got this other one. They're really desperate. It's uh, it's in this other small country town. It's not that far from where you were going anyway. It's just like an extra hour drive. Fine, whatever. I've driven so far already. Who cares? Okay, so it's sort of a small town. They've got a mixed midwifery nursing ward. So you'll be doing mainly mid and then you might get the odd nursing patient. Fine. As I said before, when I signed up initially, I'm not really interested in nursing. My nursing skills are pretty, you know, non-existent really. My nursing experience is very basic nursing. I have never worked on a med surge ward. When I was in Tassie, we had that same thing where if we had spare beds, they would send some research yeah, patients yeah, yeah. up, do some obs, give them a lemonade, send them home. That's kind of yeah. where I'm at. Okay, yeah. I actually get to the accommodation, whatever. There is somewhere for me to stay. Fabulous. I arrive on the first day for my orientation and I go into the maternity ward. It's called obstetric section. And I see this video and I was like, oh, hi, I'm just here for my orientation. And she's like, oh, are you a student? And I said, no, 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 I'm here for an agency. I'm here for the next eight weeks. I signed a contract. Oh, I don't have any record of you or any. No, I promise I'm going to be here. And then she's oh looking through goodness. and she's like, sorry, I don't have any record of you. And she calls a few people. And then this um, educator comes over and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm here to orientate you. I'm here to orientate you on the surgical wards. So the what? Yeah, you're here for the surgical wards. I was, this is not really what I signed up for. And then they said, oh, what we have is we have a joint surgical maternity ward. But this place they have roughly three babies born a week. When right. you look at that, it's really a surgical ward with the odd maternity patient yeah and then so how they have it they kind of have the midwives will do all the antenatal stuff they do the birthing delivery a little bit of the postnate and then they're kind of hand over to the nurses and a few of the nurses are upskilled so they get extra training and some aren't and then as as the nurse kind of looking after the maternity patient your job really they say is just to do obs and meds that's it they yeah. don't expect you to right. do postnatal checks because most of these people are just nurses with a bit of upskilling so they can do baby obs this <laughs> woman is showing me around okay and here we do lots of bladder washouts and things what a 
what the hell's the bladder wash out? Is that meant to look like that? That bag looks like it's full of blood. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been I mean, these... which is fine if you're nursing, strictly nursing trained and you've done heaps of med surge. All these things. And all the time I'm like, you what? Sorry, what is that? Oh, we're just crushing this person's med. I'm like, why are you crushing their meds? Do they have trouble swallowing? Oh, no, they're a gastric sleeve protocol. What the hell's that? the whole time I was like oh my god and I said to everyone I was like okay just so everyone knows the last time I worked in a med surge unit I was a student as a qualified midwife nurse I have never worked in a med surge unit so please excuse my thousands of questions and if I look like I've got no fucking idea what's going on it's probably because it you've got I no fucking don't. idea <laughs> yeah you're expecting someone to come here and help you as agency midwife you yeah. just jump in and get going of course I don't always know your policy or, or your paperwork and everything I know how to do the job because that's pretty much the same I had probably like one moment where I was like oh my god I'm gonna cry I've signed for eight weeks I know I I could leave but I hadn't worked consistently for it must be four months or something so I just kind of tried to look at it change my attitude attitude is everything I can come here for the next eight weeks absolutely hating my life hating this and just be this is awful or I could come here and be really positive and really friendly to everyone and learn something and it's probably time I did have some basic nursing skills because I am a registered nurse so let's get some nursing skills and I thought at some point I am going to be in a small town where probably there may not be that many other healthcare workers. If someone is employing you because you're a nurse and a midwife, they are going to expect that you're going to know a little bit about nursing. Not like me. Nope, no zero. (laughs) I'm not even a registered nurse. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm about three weeks in now and I am actually shook by how much I have learned. I feel like a nurse. I feel like I could do nursing stuff. And I'm not hating it. I'm not like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love it. Like I want to be a nurse. I don't want to be a surgical nurse. I don't want to do that. But I'm also not hating it as much as I thought I would. And I think it helps that all the staff here are so nice, so friendly. And even when I'm asking what I think is stupid questions, they're like, no, no, it's fine. And they're happy for me to ask the same question. This makes such a huge difference to how you're going to work from now on as well. Okay, I work eight weeks in this this little town and the people that are there are probably so nice because no one wants to go there. No one wants to work there. I know everywhere short stuff, but this one girl was telling me, I haven't had a holiday for so long. My holiday requests keep getting denied because there's no one to, there's no one to work if I go on holiday. And this other mm. woman was telling me how she's got over 10 weeks of annual leave and she can't take it anywhere else. They'd be like, sorry, you're over your leave requirements. Yeah, yeah, I know. They tell you to Like enforced leave. And even today I was working, they were so desperate and they were like, oh, the only staff we can get to come in is a grad nurse who's doing aged care. But we have to take him because there's no one else. It really highlights what politicians and what people in that Mm. arena don't actually see. And if they actually came to these towns and spoke to traveling midwives and traveling nurses and then did the other side where someone like me who's not traveling and in permanent positions and on the brink of leaving clinical midwifery altogether because I've had a fucking gutful. Yeah, because you're Um, so burnt out. That's what what all these people are like. I'm not, I'm not at the point where I hate mid. I actually love being a midwife. There's nothing wrong with my job title. I became a midwife for the same reason that many people became a midwife is because they loved working with women and empowering women and helping women, right? 
I still love all those things, but I don't want to empty another catheter bag. I don't want to get someone their six o'clock meds. I don't want to do that anymore because I'm that's I'm fucking sick of it. Mm. You've just been thrown into the deep end and you're just doing it. And the powers that be just do not see that. You have helped out a small town with your minimal experience. And, now, and I know I've worked with you like, yeah. You just fucking take things and roll with it. Just trying to look at everything now with a, a positive attitude and what's the worst that didn't happen? Whoa, never done that before. I had to take staples out of someone's stomach the other day. And yep. and I was, okay, I've, <laughs> I've literally never taken staples out of anyone. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was, I'm sure it's pretty straightforward. And it actually was very straightforward. Do you know what? Today I was getting my nails done. I was getting my nails done. And yeah. the lady next to me said, you look really familiar. And I said, oh, you don't. <laughs> Sorry, don't know you. Mm. Oh, wow. Do you work at the Mercy? And I said, oh, yeah, I do. She said, oh, I reckon I've seen you walking down the hall. Really? The halls are where? She said to my hospital, which is the major public hospital at the other end of yeah. my hospital. Yeah. And we were just chatting. She's getting her nails done, getting my nails done. And just for everyone listening out there, the areas that we work in, you're not supposed to have your nails done, but we're both getting our nails done. <laughs> and she works in an area that I consider really, really hard, really high acuity, got to be on your feet all the time, all this sort of stuff. And she said, what's midwifery like? It's different than high acuity nursing, what you're doing. She said, oh, I once thought about being a midwife. And, and she actually shuddered. Yeah, like, that's, what do I, it. that's what I all take there. She said all of the fluids. Wait, I'm sorry. You work in a unit where people are either end of life dying or need yeah. complete assistance. Yeah. And you're getting on me for fluid? Amniotic fluid. So then. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if this is too much for our listeners, but apparently there's a tree. Then she told me there's a tree with the almond blossoms with the white flowers that smells that smells that, like cum. I, I, I saw that. I saw that on TikTok. The cum tree. Like, and then I said, yeah. "Oh, the amniotic fluid." And she was what? And I was, "Well, amniotic fluid has prostaglandins in it, and so does kind semen." Of just, and so does smells sex, doesn't it? So yeah. just smells sort of. <laughs> sweet and hot and she's mortified <laughs> and i'm like you wipe people's butts i don't understand i don't i don't even put in suppositories i've had women who have had them because they're trying to maintain a pregnancy and they've got progesterone pessaries and i had one woman ask me to put it in and i showed her my nails and i went you probably don't want me to do that and she said okay i'll do it myself excellent i put in suppositories i don't have any qualms about that that's fine and i have to applaud all those nurses out there because i am seeing now the inappropriate people that get put on these nursing wards they come into the ed and they get put up because this hospital gets bed blocked everywhere and so yeah. this is a surgical ward but all the time they have medical patients and just these patients that are really inappropriate patients with children delirium so you spend eight hours looking after this guy saying i'm gonna fucking punch you in the face get the fuck away from me and this is a guy who needs full nursing care so you've got to make sure he's eats and 
you've got to help him take his meds and go to the bathroom. And then he's there hitting you and punching you and spitting at you and throwing things at you. And I was just there getting abused. And then he threw his, for an old man, he had a bit of strength, threw his wheelie walker. Oh my God. You're doing that. I just want you to know what our postnatal rooms look like. So you're doing that and our room's like a hotel it's a fucking five-star yeah. hotel so you're like in a higher five-star hotel and i'm getting and, abused and having fun um, and those rooms <laughs> i think i have worked at because when i did agency in melbourne i've worked at every single private hospital in melbourne and they do all have some pretty pretty flashy rooms the bathrooms are mm. the most beautiful bathrooms but other than what you're doing carly how are you loving where you are? Obviously, I will only go to a contract where I'm getting my accommodation chucked in because what, I yeah. don't want to pay for that stuff. There's a share house and there's a little corridor connecting us to the share house. And then we're in like sort of a little one bedroomy flat thing. We've got a little lounge room, which is cute. And then a little kitchenette and then okay. a bedroom bathroom. And there's a laundry in the main house. If we want to use the laundry, we just walk through a little corridor and get in the main house. Yeah. A lot of the accommodation is shared. But that's not for me. I'm not 20 anymore and I just want to come home. I want to sit in my undies and binge watch. What am I watching at the moment? Farmer Wants a Wife or whatever. I'm watching the Winx saga, the fairies, men taking their shirts off, so I'm okay with this. There's a lot of locum doctors as well. They would never get put in shared accommodation. They often get three-bedroom houses to themselves. I think it's a big thing with nurses. I see nurses saying, oh, Is it outrageous of me that I'm asking for a private accommodation? And to me, of course it's not. But I've also been at a point where my agency is trying to make make you feel bad or you're asking for something outrageous because you want somewhere to live. But this is the thing. I shouldn't have to go in a a share house with people that I don't know. I've met a lot of people who don't mind. I've met people that girls in their 20s who love it because they're like, it's great. I meet friends and I have roommates and they love it. And if that's what you want, fantastic. But I've also met girls who've said to me, I was in this share house. None of the bedroom doors had locks on. So for a start, there's no, you got all your stuff there, no privacy. And you're sharing with random people. The bathroom didn't even have a lock on. This is a shared bathroom. No lock on the bathroom door. And then she was in a free bedroom place. And then she said there was a, there was a girl and a guy, two, two separate people staying there. Yeah. And she said, oh, the guy's making me really uncomfortable. He keeps hitting on me and I keep saying, no, no, I'm not interested. And then she said she woke up one night and he was in her room watching her sleep. What? I know. And she called her agency and she was, I feel really unsafe. And now we're just, oh, well, that's so, and they did nothing, nothing about it. And then she, so she then went to the hospital and complained to the hospital. And apparently a few other people had put in complaints about him. And so they terminated his contract. But wait, the agency, you're meant to work for us. You're meant to be sort of, because they obviously get, they earn money while we're working. We're earning their money and their job is to advocate for us. And they were just happy to leave you in this unsafe situation where there's random men coming in your room. So bad. bad. And when I hear things like that and when, you know, I've had agencies say to me, oh, no, no, you know, oh, we've never had any problems. Oh, oh, these these girls are really nice. Well, you're not living with them. Do you want to go and live with two random people you don't know? My roommates are my children and I'm not sold on them. (laughs) exactly and it's and a lot of time obviously the people who will be living here are people you're working with as well and we all know sometimes you work with people and you love them great but 
you want to go home with them? Sometimes I probably wouldn't mind certain people hanging out. But at some point you're just yeah. like, no, nah, I need my own space. I don't need to be talking about work when I'm not there. And you know, yeah, some people you work with who you don't want to spend all your time with. As nurses or midwives going out, there should always be the option. Yes, mm. we can have private accommodation. If you want to do shared, great. But I always think we should have the option. I don't think that we mm. should be made to feel. It, it, it highlights an area of travel nursing that we should maybe do a podcast on safety. A hundred percent. And then you look at in the remote communities where I think this is a few years ago, there was mm. a nurse and she was in, I'm not sure if it was WANT and she was sent out on a call by herself. And I think mm. she was killed basically and which is another big safety thing you don't ever want to be in a position where you're the only person there and you've got no yeah no and it depends I I mean I work in home visiting and domiciliary I'm by myself and I'm going into people's houses and I'm relying on the safety risk form sometimes you get someone who's non-English speaking and they fill out the safety form and they've just ticked yes 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 you know they're just like going through the motions And there's a little question at the bottom. Is there anyone in your household that makes you feel unsafe? And And they've just ticked yes. They've ticked yes. (laughs) But the problem is, is that no one's followed it up. And then they expect us to follow it up. When you're there at the house. When I'm in their fucking house and I'm supposed to call her and ask her. But she's, oh, only my husband speaks English. Well, how am I supposed to ascertain whether he's a fucking asshole or he's cool? I've been maybe doing home visiting for five, six years. I've only once felt unsafe and had to press my button. I have a little machine. Like Jewish button, yeah. A little button that I can press and then they come up and go, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm being strangled. And I've only had to press it once and it was purely because I was locked inside a house and I couldn't get out. But for travel nurses and people like you who are, you literally going to remote areas of Australia. When you told me where you were, I was like, I don't know where that is. I had to like Google that Mm. shit. (laughs) Yeah, but it makes me feel places shouldn't be having posts where there is just one nurse or midwife on. And I know it's hard because nowhere can get staffing at the moment, but surely you Mm. should always be trying to have two people. If you have a young midwife who has no kids no immediate dependents to look after and you offer them enough money you offer them the same money you're offering your locums they'll fucking go there yeah they will it's what people go to the mining industry in wa to earn money so pay them the same amount and they'll go there and you'll have nurses and midwives in these remote areas when i looked at going up and WA they said to me oh look there's no way we could get you there's a housing crisis up there if you went up there you'd have to live in a share house and I said okay that's not for me (laughs) I will say this place I'm working it took me a while to work out how to use them but they have these cool little I don't know what to call them but walkie-talkie things you clip this little walkie-talkie thing on yourself and it registers your name so half the time when you're walking around and you're trying to find people one has their own little walkie-talkie registered them so if i'm somewhere and i need you i just press a little button i call laura and it would call you wherever you are in the hospital and how cool is that i've never seen that anywhere i've seen places that have phones but then you have to know everyone's number but this one you don't need to know number because everyone's name is registered and then it would call you it's really cool because this way you can find people wherever they are 
And then especially if I just need a quick question as well. Oh, can you help me? Oh, how do I do this? And then I'm not going, oh, wait, let me go and find someone. It sounds great. So how many weeks have you got left? Been here three weeks. I've got five weeks left. But I was actually told that they only need me on the nursing ward for another three weeks. And then some other staff are coming back. So I said, oh, then we'll move you over to mid for the last two weeks. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) It's fine. How they generally do their mid here is that they don't have enough because they're so short staff. They don't have enough staff to even just roster people on shifts. Basically, you go, okay, Laura, today you're on call for 24 hours. And then it's tomorrow, Carly, you're on call for 24 hours. Tomorrow, the next person's on call. You have to take all the triage calls. Someone calls up and yeah, we're now trying to explain to me. I was a bit confusing, but because I'm only there for two weeks, they were like, oh, it's too hard to kind of fit you in. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm just going to be doing like the eight-hour shifts. But at the moment, it's it's not like, oh, you're going to do an AM or PM. It's you're probably coming around eight-ish. We'll see what's happening sort of thing. Or if we've right. got a Caesar book this day, then you'll start your shift around the start of the Caesar so you can go do that. Or if there's an induction booked. So I'll just be doing eight-hour shifts. But the times may change based on what's happening. You've got to be flexible. Which is fine. And generally when I'm sort of doing a contract, I don't really make any plans anyway. So I'm pretty much just here to work. So I'm doing 0.9. Some weeks I've done more. This week I'm doing six shifts. So actually really I'm doing more than 0.9, but whatever. You're working and working and working and then. Yeah. And then I have a, and then I have a big break for, you know, two or three months. That's nice. I like that idea. This is good, Carly. (laughs) When I leave here, I've already signed a contract for somewhere else. And I'll be going, and I'm only going to get the weekend off basically to drive there. I'll be yeah. starting straight somewhere else and I'll be there till end of Jan. Um, yeah, but come end of Jan, I'll probably be like, fuck, I need a break. <laughs> so I literally, after working two weeks, I was like, I need a holiday. And I literally will book a holiday, even if it's a mini holiday, yeah. every two months. Even if it's four days away or a week away or something, I have to do it. Yeah. We went to Warnable, which is on the Victorian coast. Nice. And I've been there before, driven through there, but they've got a little hot springs there, a mini yeah. version of the Mornington Hot Springs. I so saw I saw, I saw the picture. Although I did walk in one of those caves and fall down, but it's fine. This is dairy farming country, right? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of fields and cows, so probably. Yeah. I always thought I would want to live kind of somewhere city-ish because I lived in Melbourne for so long. But now I'm really enjoying the small, small town vibe. You're not making it for my birthday drinks on Saturdays. Is this what you're telling me? I'm actually working. I'm working, so I'm not. So I love. <laughs> I would have if I could have. That's okay. I'll have a martini for you, Carly. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dressing completely extra. I've got a red glittery strappy yeah. dress thing going on with pink nails and pink bag and red and pink shoes. You know me. Yeah. All out. I've got it all. I'm going all out because it's my fucking birthday, bitch. Yeah. What I think is funny when you see all those, oh, how to improve your sleep 
things oh, Nelly, and they're like go to bed at the same time each day and get up and oh, like, oh, you're clearly okay. you've never dealt with shift workers I can't be going to bed at the same oh, time each day to bed at the same time every day who would have thought, so, fucking thought that I know, would be a thing I know oh I will tell you something else that I'm amazed at and nurses do as well so their night shift ratio is 10 10 is that outrageous 10 patients 10 patients that's the official victorian eba ratio and because i'd never worked on a nursing ward before well midwifery the victorian ratio is six if you're on a postnatal ward it's six but i was 10 and a lot of these people are they're not just, oh, go in and check if the mum's feeding, do some obs. It's it's heavy. These are people, they need to go to the bathroom. You need two or three people to do it. And sometimes there's only two people for the whole ward because if there's 20 patients, I always knew nurses worked hard because that's why I didn't do nursing. It's too hard. But now I'm just, oh, my God, this is so hard. And I think 10 people to meet, I don't know who comes up with these ratios, the government or someone's decided this is appropriate. But to me, that does not seem appropriate and it doesn't seem safe. It's not fucking appropriate. Anyone that, that does nursing and they say these sorts of things and then politicians stand there and they're like, oh, we're going to give you a bonus. The bonus is not even a drop. It's not. Well, I didn't get any of those bonuses, even though I worked through the whole COVID epidemic and I was literally on the front because yep. I'm no longer employed by the public system, even yep. though I worked at the at the airport, the quarantine hotels, testing sites. I worked through the entire pandemic just like you in a public system. I changed to a casual the week that they announced it and no you only get pro rata and the payment that i got pro rata every single cent of it was taxed so i'm sorry but you know if someone wants to put me in a room with daniel andrews i'm more than happy to have a fucking chat with him and even when i saw the new announcements how they said now they're going to cover text payments for all the new people who are signing up. I think you had to work two years in a public hospital. I think the incentive is really nice, but how about all the fucking nurses that are working extra shifts to pay off their hex debt? And this is controversial. If mm. you want to do nursing and midwifery now, go for your life. But we, taxpayers, should not have to be paying for your fucking degree. I'm sorry. I've done uh. the hard work. No, no, no. No, you have. I, no. I, will, I will politely disagree with you on this. Pay my hex because I'm working and I'm doing the hard slog and these little 20-year-olds walk in and go, oh, it's all free. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I totally would be happy for my hex to be wiped. But I will say if people are going to go and work, this is public, same as I think, I don't know, defieries and people like that, they should have all that covered because you're doing a public service. People who work in any of the emergency services should have things like their hex covered. I don't know if they do get, I've got no idea, but I always think they should get something. And especially when you're students, we did sometimes eight week block placements where you're working full time. And I see that I see the students now and I know it sucks. We've all been there. Not that it makes it any better, but honestly, it does suck. You're working eight weeks full time for no money. And a lot of these girls, these students who I'm seeing at the place I am now, because it's rural. So they are maybe, 
they live an hour or two hours away and because there's no hospitals they've been placed here and I was oh cool do they do they put you up an hour no they have to pay for their own accommodation so not only is that outrageous not only are these students working full-time for a six or five or eight-week placement and not getting paid because it's placement? They are also having to pay for their accommodation because they live in a regional area which is crying out for nurses and because these ladies are already studying so they don't qualify for this new hex. Yeah, you're just highlighting so many gross incompetencies with our government. Everything's a band-aid, Carly. Everything's a band-aid. So many issues. But the thing is, I don't even know what the answer is to fix this because obviously they need so many new healthcare workers and they need them now. And it's great that they're now setting up, but in what, three, four years time, when these people come out, they're going to Yes, there might be a boost in the workforce, but they're all going to be new staff. And what about for the next three or four years? What's what's happening there? Because people are leaving the profession. If they turned around and paid off my hex debt, I might think twice about leaving clinical mid, but they've offered me nothing. This entire time, I've been offered nothing. They say that they have, but I've seen nothing of it. The premise of what they're trying to do is good, But for those of us that have worked tirelessly through this pandemic, there's nothing to show for it except a lot of tired faces and bad skin. Yes, I know. I tell you, after not working much for a few months, I've got the bloody mask knee going on again. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I claimed all my skincare on tax, all of it. Every single cent of it, Carly. I was like, <laughs> well, if I need to clinique myself up because I'm an old bitch and my skin's not that great anymore, then I'm going to claim it back. That's <laughs> fair enough. I mean, I didn't even really get pimples as a teenager and now I get them now all across the chin business. Yeah, the chin. Yeah, it's very annoying. Yes. So I can't wait anyway. for the day that they finally ditch the masks at the hospital as well. It's coming. I feel we started off. Started off quite positive and then turned into a rant. Yeah. We all we all need a rant and a vent sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. And you know what's funny actually? I saw it on TikTok. As mm. I was influenced, I brought this new curly brush thing because I have that weird curly hair. So normally if I brush my hair, it's this massive yeah, like yeah, yeah. frizzy mane. And then I saw this guy and I think he's a hairdresser and he had it on his TikTok and he was like, oh, and it makes your hair not go frizzy. Oh, that's so good. So I went on Amazon. It was, I don't know, $12 or something. And then it came today and I used it and... Defined cows, not frizz. I've also discovered this thing, which if you're traveling and don't have a permanent address, it's cool. You can basically use the local post office. You just set yeah, it up the on the lockers? on the no 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 not the lockers because then you kind of have to be in a permanent place. You just go on the app and you set it up. It's called Parcel Collect, and you set it up as an address, and then you get oh. an individual number. All your posts gets delivered to the post office, and then you just go in and be like, oh, "I'm cl- picking up my Parcel Collect stuff." Oh, so, yeah. So really? wherever you are, and then obviously, if something gets delivered there and I've already moved on, I can just get forward to the next post office, and you just do it all on the app. So oh. Australia Post are actually doing something right. That's good. 
That's a good, <laughs> so, that's a good tip well, for been, traveling midwife. Yeah, no, it's been a bit of a lifesaver because sometimes when you're in these places and you're like, I don't know if I'd want to get something sent here. I don't know if I'd see it. And then plus if it gets delayed and then I've gone, it's too hard to to get yeah, it sent yeah. on. So this way, yeah, bit of mm-hmm. parcel collect, loving it. There you go, parcel collect. Thank you, Australia. Yeah, sponsor us. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just side note before we leave i caved yeah and i bought an air fryer are you loving it my god my life has changed in terms of time saving if you're a time poor person and you're someone like me who's like oh you've got to make your dinner and then that's your lunch the next day and that's your it has fucking saved my life. I won't lie. I did think when people were raving about air fryers, I was just like, what is the actual point? If you've got an Me oven, it does the same thing. Just put it in the oven. And then when we were house sitting in Hawaii, the lady whose house we were sitting, she had an air fryer and I just thought, well, this is a bit simpler to use than the oven. And then I used it all the time and it was great. And even now when we're on the road, I I said, well, we could just go to Kmart and buy an air fryer for probably 50 bucks or something. Sometimes you stay in a place where there's only a microwave and a hot plate. So if you had a little air fryer, then you've instantly got an oven. I'm on the fence about buying one only because I don't keep packing a lot of stuff in my car. I try to keep it minimal. The thing is kids get home from school, they're Mm. hungry, they turn it on, they heat it up. It takes three minutes to preheat. They chuck in a bag of tater tots, press the fries. It's done in eight minutes. I fucking kid you not. I cannot get over the amount of time it saves me. And that's and everyone loves tater tots as well. Tater tots are the best. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yes. And I did see I was drinking little. I love that you can buy now cocktails in a tin. Oh, yeah. Martini. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I just saw when we went to Warnable because there's no Dan Murphy's or anything where I am. So we went to Warnable and spent $300 in Dan Murphy's stocking up in alcohol, which is outrageous. But I did buy, mm-hmm. they now have little amaretto sours, which is one of my favorite cocktails, in a tin. Yes. Yes. So I haven't tried one yet. And it says pour over ice, but I don't actually have ice. So I'm just going to have to, actually, I could probably get ice from work and bring it home. And then I can use that for my cocktail. Might do that tomorrow. And so- I love it. Do it. Do it. Yes. Cool. Okay. We are signing out. Signing out with all our tips and tricks. Not sure how many you'll take with you. Give us a follow. Head on view podcast. We are on Insta. And that's really where we're on. <laughs> we're, we're on Insta. I'm on TikTok. I think I'm just under the traveling midwife or Carly the traveling midwife. I can't even remember, but I'm on TikTok. But to be honest, I'm pretty slack and I don't really post much. (laughs) You won't see that much exciting stuff on there. We've got other jobs. Right. We are out. Ciao. Until the next episode, it's time to boot this baby home. I didn't know it was still recording.